Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, how's it going? I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you're listening to Wicked and Grim. A true crime podcast. Warning. drinks the ready totally do clinkety clink it was a last minute decision for me to get a drink i don't know why should never be a last minute decision it should just be an always decision to have a drink especially when we're podcasting i know is it wicked and grim without a drink no i was like literally just sitting here kind of being born with a glass of water and i was like what the hell am i doing yeah gotta get so i got a drink gotta get the sip on Mm mm-hmm so Smirnoff ice again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got me some iced tea and whiskey. Or I guess for our southern friends, because we got lots of those, all of y'all, it's <laughs> sweet tea and whiskey. Oh, sweet tea. Yeah, because it's, it's... But our iced tea in there, it's different though. Yeah, their sweet tea is our iced tea. And their iced tea is like our legit iced tea with like no sugar. It's just Right, tea. okay. That's, iced, that's you know? I'm like, I'm confused because I've gone... And ordered iced tea. And like, I'm like, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit different. I would be okay with it now, probably. Um, but when I was younger, I wasn't. But now I really like tea. So it'd probably be fine. Yeah. But but back then I was like, what is this? I don't know if I can drink it. That sweet tea is definitely <laughs> a, a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. But it's probably not as good for you. Touche. So there Touché. you go. One what is good for us, though. What? Um, the bomb we are dropping. We have a few bombs. We do. Let's start with the big bomb. Are we ready for this? It's the F-bomb. Fuck. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's A-cast. A-cast. What's A-cast? A-cast is when you're fishing and you throw out the line into the water. It's A-cast. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it is also a podcasting network that we have officially been signed with. Mm-hmm. So you guys, because of all you amazing people out there, we are officially a signed podcast. Which is wild. It's crazy. Because we've been doing this for only... Like, seven months? I think something like that, yeah. And like never in our wildest dreams did we think that we have would have come this far. No. Yet. I mean, we hoped. Yeah. We're like maybe in like Maybe in five like three years. years. Oh, I guess we had well, different thoughts. Like three to five <laughs> years. It was be like maybe one day like we could yeah. have some sponsors or something. But yeah. like here we are seven months later and we're hooking up with ACAST and they're going to hook us up with things like sponsors and, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of you guys. So we are moving forward with some incredible stuff right now. Yeah, because so. our Wicked and Grim family is dope. Yeah, it is. Like, I'm not biased at all. <laughs> not at all. And I'm like obsessed with you guys. <laughs> it's, you guys are pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so Definitely. thank you. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you, you guys. Um, 
So what's going to happen, basically, we're going to get some sponsors on board. Uh, we're also going to be able to work with other podcasts on the network. Mm. The network is going to help us maybe improve our analytics because most of you guys are listening on Spotify. I think only like 3% of our listeners are iTunes. Which is cr- Apple Apple Podcasts. Or sorry, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. used to be iTunes. Which is crazy. Because um, they're another big player in the game. So yeah. they're going to help us try and get more people from that platform listening. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a good all-around thing. Yeah, I'm excited. And we're also going to be doing something else alongside that. What is it? Uh, Patreon. Yeah, we're yeah. getting a Patreon we're lined gonna up. We're going to get it. Like, look at us go here. It's like, right? who the hell are we? We're, we're Back doing things. Back the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. expect that coming down the pipe. Patreon is going to be uh, up and ready for you guys, whoever wants to sign up. Maybe get some free behind-the-scene content, mm-hmm. vlogs, I don't know, extra episodes, whatever it may be. Lots of cool shit, really. Yeah. I have tons of ideas. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be freaking dope. It's going to be wicked. Wicked, like the wickedly wickedest. That is, is a that new a word? word. That's the word of the day. <laughs> wickedly littlest. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. Um, and then we also are finishing off a documentary. We are right. The Highway of Tears. It's it's called Why We Cry. Um, it's a sad title. It is, but it's a good title. It is. But the entire point of it is. You and I live in Prince George, British Columbia, mm-hmm. which is the head of the Highway of Tears leading, what is it, northeast, west? Okay, west. I had to do my never eat shredded I, Okay, wheat I was just doing that too. Or never eat, what is it, soggy wieners or That something? one's perverted. <laughs> I don't like that one. Yeah, that's gross. Um, but yeah, heads over to west, the west coast, and it ends up in Prince Rupert. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a long stretch of highway where many women have gone missing over the course mm-hmm. of the last few, well, couple decades a lot of indigenous women yeah and we as residents of this area don't know much about it and i kind of which is not good it's not and i want to beg that question why don't we know more Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what we explore in this documentary and we are wrapping up filming really quick here and we're in the editing process we already are a bit but a little more to go so that's coming down the pipe real soon for you Mm -hmm. guys yeah i can't wait for it to air and like just to myself watch it too and just have it see it all come together. That's right. really exciting. It is. But we can't just air it on our own because we are going right. through TELUS with that. We are um we got a grant it's through a, TELUS. Through a grant, yeah. Yeah. So we have to deliver it to TELUS. They will put it out. And so we have to wait for them and mm-hmm. they're okay for us to show it to you guys. But yeah. it will happen soon. So yeah, and it, I'm, even if it's not through us, it will be out there to oh, view at some point. So. Well, as soon as it's available, we'll let you guys know. Exactly. We'll hit you up. Yeah. And then on a personal note, just a tiny little personal note in there, because everyone's always one. like, it is about a tiny thing. It is. Everyone's always asking about a tiny home. And uh, so we have the week off um, this week, and we're so we're slowly actually already moving shit into it. Slowly. But that's kind of what I wanted to do. Yes. I want it to be slow. Hopefully we'll have a garage sale this weekend. So if you want to buy our shit, stop on by. <laughs> you can. We've got um, some bowls. So Oh, we got a lot more than just bowls, I'll we tell you. We've got some margarita glasses. Oh, yeah. Because we're going to just drink out of mason jars. Be like hipsters. Yeah, is that a hipster thing? I, I feel know. like it is. Well, I think technically, originally, it was like a, a redneck hillbilly thing. Or like originally, because like drinking out of moonshine in the jars and stuff, right? Oh, okay. It was a moonshiner thing. Are we hill bi- redneck hillbillies? Uh, I do think we have some moonshine in our cupboard right now. I feel so. like we're maybe like a <laughs> tiny bit that. Yeah. I don't know. I think we're redneck. Yeah. But. 
What else we selling? Maybe a Husky or two? Oh, yeah. If you want to buy a Ripley, stop Are on by. Are they actually for sale or just for free? Uh, we'll pay you. <laughs> if you want to take a dog, we will give you money to take one. Okay, this is all jokes. We're obsessed with our dogs. I think people probably know that. Yeah. But yeah, they're not yeah. for sale. But yeah, we're going to have a garage show this weekend. So yeah, I wanted to move into the tiny home slowly. And we kind of are. But I think there's going to be like a crunch time where it's like. Yeah, ah! well, that the official date's moving in on us. We only have a couple weeks left. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we got some stuff to get done on the tiny home and the move. But we'll be in there sooner than later. Yeah, but so. it's it's sweet. And you're all asking for tiny home updates. So we just threw that in there. Whoa, 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 whoa. Did you just say y'all? I actually do say y'all sometimes, I think, in conversation, don't I? I don't know. Well, I'm starting it now. Wow. Y'all are influencing us. And I also us. say A a lot. Or hey. Hey. A, a. A, hey. I say A a lot when I'm swearing a lot. Like, I don't, fucking A, Don't bud. we even say a lot differently, too? About? Is that what you're thinking? We say about weird? I don't know. There's other things. We're Canadian. That's all I know. That's all, Yeah, that's all we know. <laughs> that's all we know. That's all okay. we're here for. <laughs> what we are going to do, though, we're going to slow this intro down because, well, maybe not slow it down. We're going to speed it up. Okay. There we go. Because we okay. got to get into this case. Mm -hmm. This is, oh my God, a crazy case. I'm almost nervous. Um, I have <laughs> not done this much research on a case since the very first episode, Diotlov Pass. Really? Let's it's just a big put it deal, hey? It is, oh my God, so much out there on this. And it trying to weed through all the information. Because a really big thing I noticed when researching, I'm not sure if you've noticed the same, when we're researching a case, Google usually pops up with like the first few pages of Google is generally recent news articles, mm -hmm. which That's just true. skim over the information and it's very bland, the Doesn't same dive in thing. Deep. So trying to find that deep information can be hard sometimes mm -hmm. unless you go like Reddit or something like that. But, and this was the case with this. And even when you do find some deeper ones, they're not all correlating the same because it's like, okay, between this date and this date, this stuff happened. And it's like, okay, that's like a three, four year gap. Mm -hmm. So when were these things and what exactly was that? So you find another one that says the date on this incident and another website that says a date on this incident. <laughs> and you're trying to file all these things together. So that's kind of what I found with this. And holy hell, there's a lot. And I'm impressed with you guys on Instagram because you managed to guess it once again. I thought I was going to fool you. But oh, no. just expect that they'll get it. They're awesome. I am expecting they're going to get it, <laughs> but I'm hoping that I'll fool them. There's just day. a small bit of hope in there, hey? Well, I think we went like 12 minutes and I was like, no one's got it yet. Yes. Oh my then, gosh. 12 but, minutes? It's nothing. I know. I know. My hopes are up though. <laughs> Regardless though, this is the case of Annalise Michelle, which inspired the movie... The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm -hmm. Which we just watched. We did just watch it. So, so I feel like I know a little bit about this case because a lot of times you leave me in the dark. I do. And I'm legitimately learning everything just as you guys all are. <laughs> You're a little bit of ahead, of ahead of the game this time. So. I am a little bit. But a lot of people probably have watched that movie too. Yes. And what I found really interesting about this movie is there's a lot of, of course, you know, movie magic scripted stuff, but there was a lot of like small details they had in there that were very on point when mm. I was watching it. Like very on point. Okay. But I was also asking you questions all day and you weren't answering them. And now I can't remember any of those questions. Well, so good. hopefully they get answered. You did know some <laughs> extra information, but I didn't tell you all of it. No, so. you didn't. So let's, let's go head down into the case of Annalise Michelle. So Anna... Elizabeth Michelle 
or Annalise Michelle. I think it's because she's German. So I think it's like Michelle, but I'm, most people just say Michelle. So, okay. Um, so Annalise was born September 21st, 1952. Okay. Okay. Got it. Uh, this took place in West Germany. So she's German, like I said. Mm-hmm. And she was born into a strict Catholic family. Annalise's parents, Anna and Joseph Michelle, were deeply religious. And before Annalise was born, her mother became, quote unquote, disgraced by giving birth to an illegitimate child. Do you know what that means? I don't know, actually. Fill me in here. Illegitimate means... um, Like, was she not married or something? Yeah. So it's having a kid before marriage. Oh, okay. So a legitimate child is birthed in marriage. Oh, okay. I see. And then back in that day, in the 1950s, it's probably even more strict well, or whatever, in, right? Well, uh, a strict Catholic family. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, she gave birth to a baby girl named Martha. Um, hold on. Okay, yes. So, and as punishment for her sin, Anna had to actually wear a black veil on her wedding day. This is like how hardcore this family is and how religious they are. So I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's pretty intense. That's like wild. Right? And like kind of. Brutal. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I've never heard of that. That is so intense. If I were her, I would have just showed up in an entirely black dress. Yeah. That was literally what was going through my head. Yeah. Like, Like, fuck you all. Just the whole thing black. black. Fuck yeah. Yeah. But then. I don't know what would her next punishment be. You got to be careful, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Well, anyways, her first legitimate daughter was Annalise. She was born and Anna began to slowly and steadily impose the idea of Annalise needing to be like this perfect child upon her sort of thing. Can I ask a question already? Sorry. Yes. Okay, but that first kid of theirs? Yes. It was it's like the same mom and dad as the second kid, right? Yes. Okay. But just it wanted was, to make sure. It was before they were married. It was just before they were married. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Martha actually ended up dying of kidney failure in oh. nineteen fifty six at the age of only eight years old. Oh gosh, that's awful. Right? Like shitty. So after that, Anna became even more assertive in her attempts to push Annalise into religious practices, demanding that she attend mass twice a week and keep her at a very close, like, like close proximity to her so she could always be watching her. Like okay. a very much so like a helicopter mom in today's standard sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So it was like always like Annalise had to be perfect in every aspect of Anna's vision. Okay. Okay. Got that? That's a lot. To live up to, probably. So, while Annalise was in her teens, she even slept on bare stone floor. Quote, unquote, suffering for the sins of homeless homeless drug addicts and others damned souls. This is how hardcore she pushed her. Wow. Wow. So, even despite all these pushings and everything, Annalise did enjoy school, and she was described as happy and well-liked by her teachers, and excelled at languages. Okay. But in September of 1968, when she was 16, she blacked out in class and went into an epileptic seizure. According to classmates, she seemed to go into like a trance-like state for a few minutes. Really? I mean, that's kind of typical of seizures. I mean, can you imagine a person who's having a seizure and they're not in like a trance-like state? They're very like conscious. Like that's not normal. Okay. Yeah. But it's like, why didn't she have that? Okay. Yeah. Well. Anyways, 
That night, she woke up with a heavy feeling on her body. It was feeling like something was pressing down on her on her chest when she was sleeping in bed. Felt like she was being pinned down. And it was also reported that she uncontrollably wet the bed from this incident. Oh, jeez. So, pretty heavy stuff, especially for a 16-year-old. Well, I, yeah. I can imagine if I felt something like that pressing down on me in the middle of the night, I'd piss myself. Just saying. Well, yeah, you'd be scared. Yeah, I'd probably shit myself. <laughs> scared shitless. <laughs> okay, so you're a little bit worse than Annalise or well, I. Like, holy, that's a lot. I mean, it is terrifying. Yeah. And it seems to me a lot like um, what's being described here is sleep paralysis. Okay. So, like, you're you're kind of, like, wide awake, but you can't move. You're paralyzed. Okay, so it could feel like something was kind of on you because you yeah. can't move. And you're having these muscle contractions from potential seizure. Mm. So it could feel like a very heavy presence or something pushing on your chest. Mm -hmm. That's what it seems like. And medically, that's what a lot of people generally explain these things as when it comes to this case. Oh, okay. However, we are talking about what influenced a movie called The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm -hmm. So there's also the other obvious end of the spectrum of the argument. I have to toss that movie out of my head, though, because right away I was like, what do you mean? She was at college. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to, like, get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, it's not entirely it's accurate. It's not 100%. Yeah, I knew Like that. I said, there's some details that are spot on, but the but, movie itself, not so much. Yeah, exactly. Now, where did I go? Okay, so she didn't go to school the next day. She wasn't feeling well, and she needed to regain her strength. Mm -hmm. So she stayed home, and her parents monitored, monitored her. She quickly recovered and her family decided that she was fine as there was no further incidents. Okay. That is until 11 months later in August of 1969. Oh, that's a big gap. It is. Something similar happened and Annalise was taken to a doctor. She was diagnosed with psychosis caused by temporal lobe epilepsy. And shortly thereafter, she was diagnosed with depression, which was treated by a psychiatric hospital. Okay. So doctor, again, these are German names, so I'm going to try my best. Vogt, V-O-G-T, Vogt, Vogt maybe. I'm going to say Vogt. Okay. Dr. Vogt, the family physician, was consulted and after examining Elise, Dr. Vogt couldn't find anything wrong with her. So he referred her to a neuro neurologist named Dr. Siegfried Luthi. Now, Dr. Luthi found nothing in his initial examination, um, so he ended up ordering an EEG. Um, on the 27th of August, 1969. And an EEG is a test that detects electrical activity in your brain using small electrodes that attach to your scalp. So it's basically like a brain scan. Okay. So, so if, she, okay, sorry. I'm no, done. go no, ahead. I was just like, if she has these things, it's going to detect. It should. Mm -hmm. However, the EEG didn't find anything either. It showed completely normal results. Hmm. So the, doc the doctor believed Annalise was experiencing grand mal seizures. Uh, and since she only had two events, there was no necessarily any reason for her to have medicine prescribed to her. Okay. Uh, so essentially, it's just kind of like, uh, she just had a couple off seizures. There's nothing wrong with her mentally. Like, it. hopefully it's just a one and done kind of incident or two and done, I guess, incident. That is alarming, though, hey? It is. Like, that would just make you not at ease at all. Because it sounds like they're intense. Yeah, whether you're talking about potential possession or some sort of, I don't know, something in your system neuro neurologically. Or mm -hmm. Is that the word? Neurologically? Brainally. I don't know. <laughs> brainally. <laughs> if there's something going on one way or another medically or 
religiously. How's mm-hmm. that? Um, it's terrifying to think of either way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It would it would scare the shit out of me. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while undergoing the psychiatric evaluation by Dr. Luthi, Annalise, um, her tonsils became inflamed and she had a tonsillectomy. Okay. Shortly after the operation, Annalise contracted, I'm going to butcher saying this, fleurisy, fleurisy, which is the lung condition. Oh, really? Yeah, fleurisy. It's something about like the lung um, becoming inflamed and like almost becoming detached from like oh, gosh. your rib cage wall sort of. Is this of. from that operate, the tonsils getting removed? Uh, No. I don't believe so. It was just oh, kind okay. of a separate just thing. totally like, holy, a lot of shit's happening. Along with that, she developed pneumonia and tuberculosis. Holy frig. Yeah. She's in some rough shape. Yeah, she's <laughs> going through a lot of shit. No kidding. A lot of shit. So from 1969 to 1970, she was sick and restricted to her bed to recover. Then in February of 1970, Annalise was admitted to a hospital specializing in children with lung disease. Then without improvement, she was sent to a tuberculosis clinic in Bavaria. While the clinic, well, in the clinic, sorry, Annalise um, had kind of isolated herself with her, with her um, kind of quirky nature is the best way to say it. She was kind of closed off a little bit, especially with what she's been going through recently, right? So it's just changed her spirit, basically. Well, it's that a bit, but also her upbringing in a strict Catholic family, sleeping on stone floors, that sort of thing. Um, So she kind of isolated herself um, and she was being taunted by other kids and they were calling her snot nose. Oh, wow. Well, they were kind of perceiving perceiving her as being stuck up a bit too. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought that she just did like snot running from her nose. (laughs) (laughs) No. That was like my, not like like that she was snotty. That's interesting. Yeah. They thought she was being snotty, probably more so because of her religious practices, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. This is like info heavy. So that was February of 1970. Now we're on to June 3rd of 1970. Okay. Annalise had a third seizure. Oh, dang. And again, it took a, took place around the same time as the other two, which was now being noticed as a pattern. And it oh. was midnight. She suffered sleep paralysis again with the same weight pressing down on her chest. And once again, wet the bed. Once she recovered, she shot right up in bed and screamed in terror, and her screams woke up the rest of the clinic and brought in the nurses. Oh, that's a visual and a half, eh? Yeah. Well, with sleep paralysis, you can't make a noise, you can't move, so as soon as it's like you're snapping out of it, it's like just freaking the Mm -hmm. fuck out. Well, yeah. Like, help me. Yeah. Like, help me. Holy frick. Right? I'd panic. I'd panic. I'd panic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the other kids in the clinic now also thought Annalise was crazy. Oh, dang. Yeah. It was also noted in her files that the children told her she was possessed by the devil. Sweet. That's the nice. possession claims were also partially linked to the twisted expression on Annalise's face. Her eyes appearing black as her pupils would dilate to such large size that the facts that her eyes basically just looked like they were pure black. All the time or just when she was having During this? that incident, okay, sorry. Okay, yeah. I, sorry, I kind of worded that a little bit no, weird. No, that's okay. But it was during that incident. Okay. Um, and also her hands were locked rigidly like a cat, quote unquote, like a cat extending its claws. Ugh. Yeah. 
And that, so that's what she kind of looked like when the nurse, nurses first found her when they came in after that incident sort of thing. So she's way awake, but she's still like contorted and like screaming oh and shit. Oh my gosh. Okay. So despite this, her physical health would begin to improve. Annalise was discharged and sent home. Notably though, when she was sent home, her sister reported that Annalise was frequently angry and would go into uncontrollable rages. Hmm. She would have full-on seizures. She would frequently black out, develop a snarled and distorted face during her episodes, have her arms go rigid and urinate all over herself, and these episodes would continue and continue and only begin to increase in frequency. I can't imagine having a family member in my house having to go through that sort of shit. Well, and I thought that they just said that she was like better. That doesn't sound like she's well. She better. was recovering from things like her tuberculosis oh, okay, or the so lung that disease. That shit was better. Yeah, so like she's getting better from those specific diseases, but she's not getting better in other aspects because okay. she was sent to that children's hospital that was specifically for the lung diseases, right? So she's kind of recovering from those. Right. So. Okay, that makes sense. Well, yeah, I couldn't imagine just. Oh, well, because, like, she was the oldest, so her siblings, I would, would think, like, you'd almost be afraid yeah. of her. Yeah. Right? Like, your own family is now kind of walking around you with, like, on eggshells, right? Oh, definitely. Ugh. I mean, I'm already the black sheep in my family, and I can't, and I'm the youngest, though, not the oldest, but I can't imagine if they, I actually gave my family a real reason to make me the black sheep, <laughs> right? Maybe you do. Maybe I do, and I just don't realize it. <laughs> Maybe I have twisted, distorted looks on my faces every time I see my family. <laughs> I'll let you know. Okay, Next thanks. time, I'll, I'll watch you. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. So Annalise was seen by a neurologist, uh, Dr. Vaughn Haller. I don't have doctor written here, I just realized, but I'm assuming it's doctor. He's a neurologist, so. Oh, yeah. Um, this time, the EEG did show... Irregular alpha waves mixed with scattered delta waves and theta waves. Um, though he tried, he was unable to introduce any or induce any seizures uh, by stimulation of the brain. Nonetheless, in view of her previous seizures, uh, he recommended an anti-convulsion drug. Okay. So it was determined that she had a form of epilepsy and anti-seizure medication was, like I said, recommended. So... It was recommended, though. It wasn't given to her right away. Just want to highlight that there. Hmm. I imagine all of this going on, too, is just it could just be hurting her body, too. Yeah. Right? I mean, seizures, a lot of time, they're not easy on you. You're convulsing. You have a very you fall down. You have a very high chance of hitting your head. Well, and then just that if that's happening a lot, I can't imagine it's good for your brain either. Oh, definitely not. Definitely oh. not. Okay. So a week later, while praying, Annalise suddenly saw, quote unquote, a huge grimacing face for a brief, brief moment. From that point onward, she often feared to pray, thinking that the monstrous face might return if she did so. This was her first time linking that ailment might be something other than an ordinary illness and linking it to religion mm. and this is where she began to develop an aversion to holy related items crosses oh, things like that okay so in 1972 dr luthi examined annalise 
once again and could find nothing pathologically wrong in another EEG. She was, however, finally prescribed an anti-convulsion drug, Zentropyl, which is in America, North America, called Dilantin. Okay. So while she was taking her seizure medication... <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're saying this because or doing this case because I would have already so much trouble pronouncing all this shit. I'm getting so tongue tied already. You're doing about a hundred times better than I would be doing. So I appreciate well that. I gotta take a sip here. <laughs> yeah, that will help. Get some more yeah, alcohol. On alcohol your will help me articulate shit. better. Yeah, there you go. I can speak words good. <laughs> okay, so while she was taking her seizure medication, that's what I was trying to say. She was still experiencing some epileptic symptoms, though she wasn't having full seizures. And she did continue to see evil, menacing faces. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. That would scare us. Like, holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Could you, like, imagine you're just sitting there taking a shit and all of a sudden on the door in front of you, there's just this like demon yeah. face. Well, I was outside earlier cleaning up the dog shit, speaking of shit. <laughs> and I had left my garden door open. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the wind took and it was like, close. And I was like, oh my God. Fuck this I shit. I gotta get I'm the out. fuck inside. Even though it's like clearly there's the wind, but it's like, ah. Was that after you watched the yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah okay. it was after. So Gotcha. Yeah. Especially yeah. Oh. considering there is a a point in that movie yeah. where a door is creepily opening up slowly yeah creaking. so but i'm just it's it was the wind 100 percent, it was the wind oh it was totally it was the, the wind, wind. <laughs> uh now i always lose my spot every time we get on a little oh sorry like sorry I'll oh sorry. you have nothing to be sorry for i'm just for whatever reason i can never look well, back you get down. so interested in right? what i'm having to say it's because like i look at just, your it's because i look at your face and you're just so beautiful you look in my beautiful eyes yeah yeah Oh, look at that. I lost my spot. (laughs) Okay. So Annalise turned more towards her faith. Oh, hold on. Yeah. So Annalise did turn towards more her faith and began to immerse herself in biblical literature. And she pilgrimaged to local shrines. She then came to believe that she was being made to suffer from a greater or for a greater spiritual reason. What that reason was, not too sure. The first unofficial diagnosis was made by an older woman while Annalise was on one of her pilgrimages. She noticed that Annalise avoided walking past particular images of Jesus and that she refused to drink water from a holy spring, along with claims that Annalise smelled, quote unquote, hellishly bad. So she unofficially diagnosed her with being possessed. Interesting. Now, I don't think she has any specific title that gives her the right to give that diagnosis. And who is this, sorry? Uh, just some older woman. I don't. I couldn't find a name, but some woman that was on one of her pilgrimages with her sort of thing. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Hmm. 
On September 3rd of, I don't know what year, because again, trying to correlate those years sometimes was just fucking difficult. I feel like the last year was 1972. It is 1972. That's the last year. So this very well could be 1972 or 1973. Okay. So I'm not too sure if it is. I think it's late 1972, but... So on September of, I'm assuming 1972, mm-hmm. um, Annalise visited Dr. Luthie again and finally told him of the hideous faces she was seeing as she hid them from him all this time so far from fear of being ridiculed or judged. Well, I mean, she's very much so already been judged through this. Yeah. So no kidding. That's fair. But I mean, you, so far it can be like medically explained or at least hopefully medically explained. They're looking for something medical. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm seeing demons and shit. Mm -hmm. But that that could still technically kind of be medical explained. It can. It can. But it's also something that someone could be worried about being ridiculed. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm seeing fucking demons. Yeah. People might think I'm cray cray. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's fair. Regardless, though, she did tell Dr. Luthie finally. Good. Um, And Dr. Luthie recalled that, quote unquote, she could not get her mind off these things. She had no power of decision, and everything was empty in her. Oh. Anna, Mich- Anna Michelle, which is Annalise's mother, uh-huh. claimed that Dr. Luthie then advised them to seek out a Jesuit priest about, demo- about the demonic faces. But the doctor denies this claim to this day. Says he never... Really? He never recommended that. So there is thought that maybe it was like a... A joke and a passing comment, like maybe you should like see a fucking priest. I don't know, like you know something like that. Like yeah, but like when you're talking to a doctor, they shouldn't be joking. Well, about no, any but shit like, like that. she's seeing she's seeing demons. Maybe a priest is your answer. Anyways, oh, and, and because of their there's quite religious background, they took it like quite literally. So that's possible. Yeah, because she says he did say say it. He's like, I did not recommend that. Mm-hmm. So there could have just been like a passing comment that he never even really meant i guess but regardless or he's just a liar or he's just a liar and he wants to keep his like medical name clean of Mm -hmm. anything like that regardless of that whole situation though she says he recommended it he says he didn't um however what did come out from that is dr luthie did label annalise as no longer capable of making decisions on her own but this warning, however, fell on empty ears. Okay, okay. So he's saying that she shouldn't be making decisions on her own. Yeah. But then they didn't take that literally. Yeah. Okay. They didn't they didn't really listen to that. Interesting. This whole doctor's appointment seems like it was a bit sketch. Right. It's like <laughs> I don't know, going into the walk-in clinic in like the real sketchy part of town and you're just being eyed up by everyone in there and they're like, You got some money? Well, yeah, so they take his jokes literally, <laughs> but his actual advice not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Uh, now, shortly after this, um, the, a neighbor to the Michelle family, uh, Thea Hines, seriously suggested that Annalise could possibly be possessed. Now, Thea was also heavily religious and was a member of the same parish that the Michelle family attended. She also frequently hosted hosted meetings of the just uh, these words are hard why is speaking <laughs> these, hard these words are hard they are uh, she also frequently hosted meetings of the jesuits there we go uh in the area 
And through these connections, Father Ernst Alt was asked to come in and evaluate Annalise. Okay. So Annalise began seeing Father Ernst Alt. I hope I consistently went through and said Alt in this because it's going to mess so me up. So if it's just Ernst, <laughs> we know it's Ernst Alt. Yeah. <laughs> Because there I refer to him as Ernst, and I'm like, I know I said alt later on. That's Anyways. okay. We get it. We got it. Kay. That's the, probably the only priest involved, I'm assuming, so. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. That's not helpful. Um, now, Father Alt also claimed that he had special God-given powers to know if a person was under demonic influence or if it was just someone who was physically ill. He claimed this. Okay. So. Interesting. This is... I wish I had that power. Right? Sweet. I'd be like, <laughs> that person's a fucking demon. That person's a demon. My boss, you a fucking demon. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh my gosh. I really hope my boss is listening to this right now. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I hope he's not. <laughs> okay. So on the 26th of December, 1973, something happened in the world which could potentially have changed the path of this case and the life of Annalise forever. Any idea what it is? No. Dang, I really wanna. The movie The Exorcist was released. Oh, This okay. movie was based on the book written in 1971 by William Peter Blatley. And it could very well have been the influence that sealed Annalise's fate. Really? Very well could Okay, have. this is interesting. Well, up until this point, exorcisms and possessions was not much of a, a, a thing? huge thing. I mean, it, it was something, definitely. I mean, mm -hmm. clearly they've already been mentioning it for Annalise. That, sh that people are predicting she's possessed. Yeah. But now this movie, which if you dive into The Exorcist at all when it was in theaters, people were running out of the theaters people were fainting in theaters there was news reports of all this it was pandemonium over this movie in theaters and was it just like a made-up thing right this movie um i can't remember i didn't do my research thoroughly on the exorcist movie itself the mm -hmm. exorcist movie may have been based on another event i don't know okay. or if it's written it's based on the book and i don't know if the book is fictional or if it's based on true events okay Someone out there might know us. Hit us up on Instagram if you know that. Um, but regardless, the movie came out and it could very well have, have played a role because now the whole world is talking about possession and exorcism. And, and how everything. to get rid of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so Annalise would visit Father Herman, which is a new father she was working with, okay. about 10 times from fall of 1973 to the summer of 1975. Now, during this time, Father Herman provided counseling for Annalise and would evaluate her demonic possession. They would consistently pray, and Annalise would tell Father Herman that she felt like she was being controlled. During these visits, Father Herman noted that Annalise, quote-unquote, showed no violent behavior or aversions to any Christian symbols. Which is contradictory to many other priests' claims. Mm -hmm. Well, and her own. Yeah. Like uh, earlier on, I think you mentioned. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, well, she, it wasn't necessarily that she had an aversion. Well, there was some, the, she thought there was some correlation. Yeah. So she kind of avoided them. It's right. not that she hated them or anything. So. Okay. Um, so that was between the summer or between fall of 1973 and summer of 1975. She mm -hmm. was seeing Father Herman a bit. 
Um, now, also during the fall of 1973, Annalise began attending the University of Wurzburg, I think. Is how you say it? Again, German word. I don't fucking know. I tried my best. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing good. Thank you. Um, on a scholarship, actually. So good for her on that. Right on. Um, while continuing to take her prescribed medications. Uh, Dr. Luthi's records actually confirm that her parents obtained a renewed prescription for di- Dilatin. I think is how you say it. Dilatin. Whatever she was taking before. She's still on that. Dilat- Dilan- Dilantin. There we go. Dilantin. And I just have to say something super quick. Sorry. So with all the shit she was going through, like mega shit, she still got a scholarship. She did. Like that's actually amazing. Right? So I do want to say right there, Annalise is the badass of the well, day. Well, yeah, this. that's like, wow. So good for her. Holy. So although she wasn't troubled by seizures, she continued to see hideous faces and be troubled by depression and homesickness. No. Oh, okay. Even while she was on the medication. So she is still getting symptoms, but she's not at least having the full-on seizures. Right, which is good. So on November 27th, she saw Dr. Leonard, Dr. Leonard, a psychiatrist. She told him, I have, and this is a quote from her, I have no willpower. I simply float around and don't know what I want. Aww. Dr. Leonard recommended a neurological exam due to Annalise's history of seizures, and yet again, another EEG was performed. For the first time, however, Annalise's EEG was judged abnormal. Okay. Um, as another doctor in here, Dr. Schlepp, Schlepp, S-C-H-L-E-I-P, Schlepp, Schlepp, Schlepp. You're asking me? Schlepp, Dr. <laughs> Schlepp, found, quote-unquote, epileptic patterns. Okay. Yeah. Um, referring to a discharge on the left temporal region. I wonder if this, like, medical technology is just getting better, you know? Uh, or it's potential. There's potential for that. I mean, I'm not versed too much in the medical world or industry or especially how it's grown over the course mm-hmm. of the 70s. So I'm not too sure. But, I mean, I feel like there could definitely be some growth with it is my thought. Oh, definitely. Like I say, there's a potential for it, but I don't know for sure. Yeah. Um, Dr. Schlepp. Changed Annalise's prescription from Dilantin, I said it right, yay, <laughs> Dilantin to the stronger Tegretol, 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 in hopes of fully suppressing epileptic symptoms. The new medication, however, did nothing to relieve her symptoms. So it just worked the same, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Dang. And like, it's, I feel like she just has so much hope and that she hasn't lost it really at this point, you know? Um. In a sense, she has. She's, she's still trying to get help. And... She is, but she doesn't know where to turn, whether it's medical or religious. Mm-hmm. Religion, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's no one can help her at this point. They don't know what's going on. What the fuck? So, yeah. Hmm. Throughout 1975, Father Alt. There we go. Father Alt. See, I told you. There you go. And Father Arnold Renz visited Annalise, basically mostly based mostly on Alt's ability to quote unquote detect demons. Fucking demon detecting motherfucker over here. Um, the priest decided that she was indeed possessed, and Annalise was told to stop taking her medications on the priest's order. They were convinced that it was not a medical situation. Well, but that medication was doing some things by the sounds it of was. it. It was. It was doing something. 
but it wasn't curing. No, it was just holding back the seizures. That was yeah. about it. Hmm. So on May 15th, 1975, her grandmother died and Annalise went into a sharper decline. She again began to develop an aversion for holy items. She found the prayers of her school friends to be unbearable, even when the prayers were silent. She threw a rosary and a bottle of holy water across the room. She could not bear to step into a church and she just stopped attending church altogether. Hmm. During this time with Father Alt and Renz, Father Alt and Father Renz, Annalise is said to have, this is where some of the weird shit starts going on. Because she's now off her medications, right? Just starts going on? I already thought we were there. <laughs> well, she's off her medications. From being off the meds. And she's like deep into this. And since her grandmother Depression died. kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's, she's going off the deeper end. Right. And now also being told that it is possession by these priests. Ugh. Um, Annalise is said to have licked up her own urine off the floor. Oh, wow. Eaten Ugh. coal, stripped naked and eaten spiders and insects. She's began to avoid these religious items like crosses, holy water. Um, she would hardly sleep as she would stay up all night praying and refusing to eat. Uh, like just brutal shit. And among all these things, she began speaking in demonic voices. Okay. That sounds like a disaster. A, yeah, you could say that. Like imagine just like watching your kid. Can you imagine just like, hey, did you clean your room? You open the door and your kid's sitting there naked eating spiders, talking in demon voices. Yeah, I'm going to close that door. <laughs> hey, no, <laughs> you can't close the door. Well, you're going to just be like, are you okay, little Timmy? Do you need a timeout? Well, I don't know. You got to do something. That's scary shit, though. Yeah, that's why I'm closing the fucking door. I would be scared. Like, scared shitless. That's why I'm closing the door. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, Ben. What? You got to help. Fuck that shit. You have to help. Timmy's on his own, man. You got to help. I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't do it. No. (laughs) Okay. After months of pleading from her parents, the church finally agreed to perform an exorcism. Okay, the parents pleaded for this. Yes. Okay, that's good to know. On Sunday, August 3rd, 1975, the first quote-unquote test exorcism was performed, allegedly with oral consent from Bishop Bishop Joseph Stengel. Stengel? Stengel? I don't know. These names are hard, yo. <laughs> The test exorcism was a shortened form of the full rite and was mostly composed of prayers and blessings. Okay. Doesn't sound too bad. Then, based solely again on Father Alt's reports from the test ritual, the bishop issued a written authorization for a full exorcism. So with the express permission of the church, it was on September 24th, 1975, the first full exorcism was performed. On Annalise Mitchell. Dun, dun, dun. So the priests decided that they would actually record their sessions with Annalise, which was done in the movie The Exorcist, and very well could be evidence of being influenced from the movie. Mm-hmm. So in total, there are 42 audio recordings that were made from the exorcisms. And over the next 10 months, 
from 1975 to 1976, Annalise would go through 67 exorcism sessions. One or two each week, lasting up to four hours long. Okay, that's a bit excessive. Like a bit. super excessive. And in the movie, they only say that she actually went through one. No, this is the exorcisms. 67 of them. And and it was like 10 month span? Yep. That's freaking nuts. I know. So I'm going to play a short audio clip here from some of those recordings. Uh, you're going to be able to hear a priest and the quote-unquote possessed Annalise talking. Now remember, this is in German, mm -hmm. so you're not going to be able to understand them. So for the context, um, the priest is reciting different prayers and demanding in the name of God that the demons give truthful responses and answer to who they are and why they're here, that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, what you will hear Annalise say first is there is no return for us, no, in all ages. Then you'll hear the priest again. And then Annalise will respond again, there is no return, no one will return from us. Ugh. You ready? I think so. Wow. How's that for you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because, okay, I actually have, I'm kind of a skeptic. I don't know if I, like with the whole, her being possessed thing. Mm -hmm. I have trouble believing that for some reason. Like I just do. That's fair. And um, so then I'm like, okay, it has to be like some sort of medical thing. Like, but oh, that's heavy. Yeah, that's very heavy. Because it's just like any kind of medical illness or whatever that you could have, like, oh, would it sound like that, you know? Well, I mean, anyone, like that that voice specifically that she's making, anyone can really make that voice. Like, ah, I can do this. If I'm really yeah, but, but yeah, is a, is a mentally unstable person or a mentally ill person. Going to be person, doing that. And what would cause them to do that? Yeah. Like, so there's a lot of questions surrounding that and what's going on, whether there's real possession, whether there's real mental illness, whether it's a combination of both. Well, I mean, she's been case. put through the ringer for sure. She has. So, I mean, maybe this the, a mental illness is really just digressed to that point. It's possible, I guess. It is. Without getting the help. Well, especially considering you think that over the course of years you are being told or at least influenced by people on demons taking over you potential possessions and if you are mentally ill to the point where you are susceptible to suggestion you now oh, could be literally okay. thinking that your feelings are demons and you don't have control over these feelings and you are now manifesting these demons within you and you are projecting your feelings in whatever voices thinking it's demons I guess. So yeah, very much so. Like 
someone with anger issues will lash out in anger and afterwards they're just like, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't know what came over me. Mm -hmm. Could be a very similar thing. I don't know. I'm not in that field to say that's the case. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. With that, though, we are going to end this episode here. <gasps> We're going to start getting into a little bit more of the exorcisms and the case that follows for it's a two-parter. We haven't done a two-parter for a while. It is, but I put in probably a good 10 hours of research on this, and I'm not even done the exorcisms and into the actual case yet. So. Oh, my goodness. Has it been fun, though? I bet it's kind of fun research-ish. It's a lot. Like, I it's, know you've really been, like... It's both. It's fun. It's daunting. It's kind of fucking scary <laughs> not gonna lie i made sure that i might have had the lamp on a couple times sitting next to me or so if i ever wanted doors. to like scare the shit out of you right now is maybe the best time ah uh, good luck ah i mean it's probably your best chance but <laughs> i mean one in a million is still not a very good shot <laughs> dang fine i know i don't think i've ever scared you yeah well if you guys want to f listen and follow up on what happens to annalise we're going to drop that not tomorrow, but the next day. It'll be Thursday. Perfect. September what? What is that? September 8th? I don't know. What's that date? I don't date? even know what the date is today, dude. Yeah, that'll be September 8th. So we're dropping it on September 8th, the second part to Annalise. No, it won't be. Today's the 6th. <laughs> yeah, so we're dropping tomorrow's oh, on the <laughs> So it'll be the 9th. <laughs> it'll be the 9th. Ignore me. part two. Ignore me. Yeah. It'll be September 9th. There that you, you go. get to catch up. On Annalise and what happens to her. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, because this is a pretty wicked case. Well, actually, I think this is a pretty grim case, if I'm going to say so. Mm-hmm. So, until then, though, make sure you guys... Stay wicked. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.